In this presentation, we will discuss contributions, credits. We're going to go over what is new and an introduction. This information can be found in publication 590A. We're going to start off with what is new. It's often good to start off with what is new because even if we're not familiar with the topic, we may have some idea of it. And we want to make sure that whatever concept we have that is in our head that we unlearn any of the changes that are there because that could be the most difficult thing to do so we'll start off with the new items and then we'll go into the introduction what it is as of now as of this point in time so starting out what's new modified agi or adjusted gross income limit for retirement savings contribution credits have increased so this is going to be typically over over the years obviously the AGI limits are going to be kind of our income type of limits. Modified AGI is going to be some modification to them. We're typically starting with, if we consider our Form 1040 and our Mock 1040, then the AGI is on line 7. And remember that anytime we see this modified AGI, we're basically taking the amount on line 7 and modifying it for something specific to the item that we're talking about here oftentimes being situations that are a bit more unusual that we need some type of modification and therefore considering mainly in line seven the line seven is different than line six which is the taxable income by those above the line type of deductions or those schedule one type of deductions so claim the retirement savings contributions credit if your modified agi isn't more than 63,000 if your filing status is married filing jointly. So 63,000 married filing jointly, fairly low for married filing joint requirement for the credit. Uh, 47,250 if your filing status is head of household. So you have to qualify for head of household, not married and qualifying for head of household. And then 31,500 if your filing status is single, married filing separate or qualified widow, widower. So notice there is a distinction then between head of household, which has a slightly higher, and the single filing status. And then, of course, as would be expected, the married filing status has a higher AGI limitation. Introduction. Uh, you may be able to take a tax credit if you make eligible contributions, defined later, to a qualified retirement plan, an eligible deferred compensation plan, or an IRA. You may be able to take a credit up to 1000 up to 2000 if filing jointly. This credit could reduce the federal income tax you pay dollar for dollar. So note, this is, this is you can think about this. Why would the IRS have this in there? Note, the incentive, of course, is to save for retirement. The IRS wants to help us to save for retirement or incentivize us in some way to save for retirement. And this is going to be a credit, not a deduction. Dollar for dollar credit, way better than a deduction. In other words, if we had a credit and a, de and a deduction and they were the same dollar amount, the credit would be worth a lot more. One of the problems with putting money in for retirement is, of course, if we don't have a lot of money, if we're living basically paycheck to paycheck or we have lower income, we're probably spending more of our money and the IRS would assume then we're less likely to be putting money away, saving it for retirement. And so this is going to be an added kind of incentive at that point. So we're talking about the, the uh, AGI levels that we saw in the prior presentation we might have then a credit for us to put the money into the retirement plan. Because note, if we talk about these type of income levels, uh, we may not be paying a whole lot of income taxes. So if we consider an example, 
We have our test 1040. We have the simple single individual. As we scroll down, we're going to say that the earnings are uh, 23,000. So we have W2 earnings of 23,000. And that rolls down to the total income and the adjusted gross income. So we don't have any adjustment at this time. So the adjusted gross income is the 23,000. We have the standard deduction of the 12,000 for the single individual. And so that brings down the amount of the taxable income to 11,000. Note the tax is 1,133 being calculated on that 11,000 at this point with no retirement plan that we're going to put in place with no contribution. So if we take a look at that tax rate, then we're going to say, okay, well, what's the tax rate that we're paying? It's about uh, the marginal is 12 and the effective rate is 10%. So then if we if we consider, OK, well, what do I I can put then money into a retirement account? But if I put money into the retirement account, it's typically going to be lowering the the twenty three thousand. And I'm and usually I wouldn't get a dollar for dollar. So if I put money into a traditional IRA, then I, I have to put I could put a maximum of five thousand five hundred into it if I'm under 50. And typically I would get a benefit of that in accordance with our tax rates. So if I put the max in 5,500 times, let's say 11%, uh, and, and again, they're progressive tax rates. So then the benefit would be uh, 605. So if you think about that, you can say, well, I have to put another 5,500 of money into some type of account that I can't touch in order to get, you know, a 605 reduction, then maybe that's not enough of an incentive to put the money into the retirement account at this point. Maybe if there was an added credit on that, it might benefit it as well. Notice if I had a higher tax bracket and more available money, then it might have more an effect because if I was paying, if my tax bracket was 25%, then you could see that the amount of the deduction would be more beneficial. So the IRS might be thinking here, they might be thinking, well, considering the fact that the, the amount that's gonna be benefited from a deduction for putting it into say a retirement plan like an IRA, uh, is lower because the tax brackets are lower for then maybe that we, we can supplement that with some type of credit at that point. So what, let's say we put the maximum in then what's going to happen if we then uh, put the maximum of 5,500 taking that money putting it in to a retirement account set the maximum for an IRA would be 5,500. Let's say we put 5,500 into the IRA. Then if we go back to our 1040, we can see that we have the 23,000 still of income. We got the 23,000 total income, and then it changes to 17,500 adjusted gross income because of course now we have put money into the IRA and we got that deduction, 5,500. So we got that deduction. So that's gonna adjust lowering our income to 17,500. We still have the standard deduction of 12,000 and that brings our, our income down to 5,500. So now our tax is is 553, whereas before I believe it was 1,133. So then we can consider the tax savings then. It, before this, in just a tax calculation, it was 1,133 minus the 553 is 580. So we save basically 580 from the tax calculation uh, based on the deduction. But we had to put 5,500 into basically a retirement account, into an IRA, let's say, to get that. Now, th there's another benefit possibly, which includes the credit. So that's what we're considering here on line 12. Now, the credit is being limited to take us down to zero. So now this 553 that we would still owe it or have a liability of is now being taken down by the credit over and above the deduction of the 553. And that's reported on Schedule 3. 
So we have this credit retirement saving credit and we could see uh, attach 8880. So here's form 8880, which is credit for qualified retirement savings contribution. And this would be uh, if we were to try to interpret or try to think about why the IRS would put the credit in there, uh, a compensation to say, hey, maybe the 5,500 isn't enough of an incentive given the tax brackets uh, at this point. And maybe the, the credit then can supplement that and further incentivize people to put money into a uh, retirement account. So that credit then brings the amount of liability down to zero uh, in this, basically in this example.